Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, golf, nightlife, transportation, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com. Use the code FIT for an additional 10% off your fee today. Guys trip, just show up. Tom, we're getting into the heart of the NFL season, of the fantasy season. As always, unfortunately, injury has struck again in a huge way in week five here going into week six. And you guys out there listening, man, it doesn't matter what your record is. I say this every year. And Tom, this might even be a motivational speech just for myself at this point. But never give up. You're one waiver wire pickup away. You're one trade away. It could change your whole season. And I always say, I'm playing my rival in my big league this uh, this week. Even if you don't have a chance at winning the whole thing, ruin one of your friends' days. Go beat them up. Do what you got to do. But Tom, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well, man. Um, this was a whirlwind of a day. Um, obviously, uh, some stuff that we won't talk about on the show that I just explained to you is <laughs> some wild stuff happening at work today. Tom's got some crazy people he's uh, he's around, but there's um, that. <laughs> and then we got the Phillies playing well right now, so that's always good. Um, but just a bad week for injuries, man. I mean, a lot of key players that are missing a lot of time. It's It feels like this... This fantasy season, it's going to be like a battle of attrition. Like, who can bring yes. a full roster to the table come fantasy playoffs? It's so true. And and I'm watching guy. I mean, Tuesday was a Twitter bombshell between Shefty dropping stuff, who's on IR, who's going to miss time. It was ugly. But I'm two and three in my big league, and I take a step back, and I haven't had, knock on wood, one single injury. My team is just bad, Tom. We'll talk about them a little bit later, but – we have a lot of guys, like you said, a lot of key guys and a lot of key guys who seemingly are going to miss a lot of time. So let's dive in here. Let's start to talk about these guys and some players coming off a bye. But again, it's time to figure out, you know, who's in, who's out this week and how they're going to affect, uh, you know, your fantasy team and how the injuries are going to impact them. Let's start with coming off a bye. No. Yeah. Coming off a bye is the Chargers. So Justin Herbert, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, Tom, that fractured middle finger on his throwing hand. You said you weren't overly concerned, you know, week four going into week five, but does that stay true? Is that the same thing here? That's absolutely the case. This is his non-throwing hand. He returned to the game with the broken finger and slung the ball around just fine. It's going to be taped or splinted or something to protect it. Uh, the only concern here is defenders are going to be swiping at it and he might have a harder time not fumbling, but if he can get the ball out on time, it's not going to be a problem at all. And he plays the Cowboys defense. That's a game I'm really looking forward to. That's a Monday night game. It should be a freaking awesome, awesome game. Cowboys D, very good. But hopefully the bye did some good things for Justin Herbert, for this offense, for Eckler, who we'll talk about in a little bit, and hopefully even for, for guys like Quentin Johnston, who we've been talking about how you should hold on to him. And just to talk about the Chargers offense a little bit here, you know, again, I'm hoping that rapport starts to grow, but in no leagues, guys, am I starting Quentin Johnson yet? Yes, they had the bye, and I'm sure they worked on some things, but it's still a wait-and-see scenario with him. And and I do believe Joshua Palmer, of course, you're playing Keenan Allen and Eckler if he's available, but Joshua Palmer, I think, is the guy that you can sneak into your flex, be pretty comfortable getting you, you know, not going to go crazy. Seven, eight, nine points, but Tom doesn't seem too worried about Herbert. 
which is definitely a good sign here. So another quarterback, Tom, who big news left the game early and looks like he's definitely going to miss some time. It's Anthony Richardson, shoulder injury, AC joint. What can you tell us about that one? Yes. So this is a situation. So Derek Carr also dealing with an AC joint injury, totally different situation. There are six, six, not three. Most injuries, there's three grades. There are six grades of AC joint injuries and Richardson, they, they told us plain and simple. He's dealing with a grade three injury. The trouble here is grades one and two pretty much always respond well to conservative therapy, uh, not surgery. Grades four through six, pretty unanimously need surgery. Grade three, it's, well, shit. We don't really know. The, we try therapy, PT, and rehab first. If that doesn't work, then you go to surgery, typically. It's just, it, it's, it varies case to case with these grade three injuries. So that's why we're hearing these reports of, like, earlier in, in the week, it's like, well, he's getting a second opinion to see if he needs surgery. And I put out a tweet prior to that saying, Oh, like the way he was holding his arm did not look great. Like, I, let's hope that this isn't one that's going to need surgery. And then I think it was Josina Anderson said that he's getting that second opinion about surgery. And it was like, okay, it's clearly a grade three injury then if they don't yeah. know if he needs surgery or not. So if we're looking at timetables, he's on the IR four weeks, obviously. If it's going to respond to conservative treatments, we'll know by that time. They'll have him throwing probably three, week three, four on there, but they'll also be like checking for how the healing is, is, is going. They'll be looking at how the motion is. They may do some, some repeat imaging to see what the healing looks like. And if it's going well, then he'll return this year. He'll return definitely at a higher risk for a, another injury there because it's still going to be prone to injury. And it'll be interesting to see how his throwing looks. Like Derek Carr, obviously a less severe injury. His first game back looked absolutely dreadful. But last week looked a lot better throwing the ball. Right. Now, if Richardson does not respond well to conservative care, then he's going to need surgery, which would put him out for the rest of the season, but should not impact him next year. Well said. A lot to unfold and unwrap there, Tom. The grade three, I've never heard that before. And again, I always learn things when I listen to you talk, of course. There's six grades to it. So grade three, something that, and that's, I guess, that it totally explains, like you said, why he was going for that second opinion. And he's been a guy that's electric this year when he's on the field. Unfortunately, through what, five weeks now, he has been taken out of two games early. So as good as he's been, he's probably been losing people, unfortunately, their fantasy matchups. And Tom, I looked into this a little bit. Did I, I, It looked to me like the Colts ignored his college background and injury history because he had a pretty decorated list of some things there, of course, because he's so strong and physical and likes to run. But do you have any comments on that, Tom? Like how he, had, he looks like he's had so many injuries in the past that this is honestly the first time I'm even seeing them. Yeah, uh, in college, he's had a concussion, a meniscus tear that looks like he needed surgery for a hamstring injury. So not nothing in his past. And we know that the uh, risk factors for injury, the number one risk factor is prior injury. Um, the other one is age. Age is on his side. So I, I can see why the Colts, I don't know that they ignored it. I think they just felt that he's big enough, strong enough, and that their training staff is well-equipped to mitigate risk as best as possible, plus him just being so young. Right. Um, 
clearly a, a mobile quarterback is going to be more prone to taking hits like the one that he got injured on, uh, as well as the one that he had his concussion earlier this year on. So as he gets more experience in this league, he's going to have to learn how to protect himself. The coaching staff needs to help him with that. And uh, maybe he can reach out to some, some former mobile quarterbacks for some insight there as well. Totally. You, you see these young guys, they want to win. They'll do anything to compete, sometimes throwing their bodies, you know, in the middle of a linebacker or a safety. And yeah, he's, he's competitive. He's looked good. Heck, the Colts are three and two, but Tom, it's time for Minshew Mania there. We will see how that goes. I love me some Minshew Mania. And wherever my buddy Ben Harris is, he's the biggest Jags fan you'll ever meet in your life. Guy's obsessed with Gardner Minshew and for good reason. So I'm sure he's excited <laughs> right now. Fun to watch him throw. I mean, their weapons, there's a couple weapons there. You got Pittman, you got Josh Downs, who's been coming on strong, who I think he could play as a flex. And Minshew seems to like him, but he's a guy who's going to just sling it. He's, I don't want to put him in the same breath as Jameis Winston because I think that Minshew's better, but he's a guy who's going to get out on the field. He's going to throw it. He's got a good arm. He's willing to take risks. So, you know, I don't think this offense is going to necessarily take too much of a tumble here. Um, and of course, last week, as just as we all expected, JT, you know, off the uh, IR or off the pup list, whatever it was. And here goes Zach Moss, Tom, for, uh, 23 for 165 and two touchdowns. Listen, he's hey, RB6. Yes, you started him. You did. I'm glad you started him. I started him too in the Vampire League. Listen, I think you have to just play Moss until further notice, until he puts up nothing. If he's going to get the ball like this, I know they're going to work JT back. It totally makes sense. But listen, I don't think you can look the other way on this. Zach Moss, to me, is a must play. And and it's crazy as it is, I think JT is also a must play. Like, you got to take the risks on JT, the guy who's one of the best running backs in football. But Moss has looked good too, so... I'd be comfortable playing either of them. And then another thing, too, the Jags, just in terms of their passing game, the Colts passing game for this week, Jags have been really bad against the pass. I mean, they let, I don't know if you saw it, Tom, after I told Arthur Smith to figure it out, they, uh, Ritter finally opened it up a little bit, and he walked down the field uh, last week against this Jags secondary. And, and again, the Jags are 27th in the league in pass yards allowed. So, again, I don't know if you're playing Minshew, but if you were looking to play guys like Josh Downs or Pittman or the aforementioned Moss or JT, I think you'd still be in good shape. But best of luck to Anthony Richardson there. Tom would be monitoring that. On to the other guy, Tom, uh, who we've been really, really closely monitoring, Austin Eckler. And he looks like he's going to play this week. He's saying 99%. What do you think? Do you agree with that evaluation? Well, let's remember, he's dealing with the high ankle sprain from week one. Running backs average missing 2.5 games, a wide spectrum, though, of zero to six games. This will be the fifth week after his injury. It'll it'll end up being about a, about three games that he missed because they had the bye week in there. Um, and that's a reasonable time frame to be close to 100% to return from this injury. If, if we look at the video, I mean, the vi you can never truly tell severity from the video, but his didn't look nearly as bad as the guy who we'll talk about next, Saquon Barkley's, did. So four or five weeks is certainly enough time for Eckler to be healed enough that he can be productive. The stability is, is what we're always talking about with these high ankle sprains. That can be an issue, but it doesn't appear to be an issue at this point if he's that confident that he's going to play. And we know he was pushing to play the week before the bye week. The interesting thing here is troubling as a high ankle sprain can be which it certainly can be running backs on average don't see a dip in fantasy production when they return 
and nearly 50% of those, and this is a sample size of 26, so a pretty decent sample size, nearly 50% of them pick up right where they left off from a fantasy production. So I'm totally cool with starting Austin Eckler this week. We know who he is. We know how prolific he can be in this offense. You're definitely starting him this week. I just miss him. And looking back, I thought he played like week two or three. But like you said, yeah, he hasn't played since week one where he <laughs> went off for 24.4 half point uh, fantasy points. So if he's in, you play him. I miss Austin Eckler. He's just I don't even have him anywhere except my one on one league. But he's just a, a wholesome dude. And I, I tend to root for him. So hopefully he is back this week to help that. Uh, and also, I just realized as well, Tom, they do play Monday. So that would be I mean. You have to line up options, of course, in that case. You know, we always talk to you guys about that, having a plan, you know, whether it's Joshua Kelly or whether it's somebody else. But just have a plan, but he does get that extra day. Hoping to see him back this week. Tom, the Giants continue to embarrass us, me, uh, anybody from the tri-state area that uh, wears the color blue. It's been horrible. <laughs> is there any good news? Are we getting Barkley back? Has that uh, ankle sprain, is high ankle sprain, right, Tom, that he's missed the three games for? Correct, correct. Um, overall for the team, I don't know that there's much good news to give other than that Saquon is, is continuing to practice in a limited capacity, which he's been doing the past two weeks and has not played the last two games. So like we just talked about Eckler, how I feel pretty good about him. I am less bullish on Barkley. His injury looked worse. Again, can only make so much of what the video shows, but it looked a lot worse than Eckler's. And today in some videos in practice, he's rocking a heavy tape job on that ankle. So again, high ankle sprains becomes a stability issue a lot of times. When the ankle's unstable, it can't push off when you're cutting so much. So the tape job is artificially creating some stability, which can be effective, but it's not the same as having true natural stability from the ankle itself. And also, if we're thinking from a game standpoint, as the game goes on, that tape wears down and becomes less stable. And that's not necessarily a problem because they can just get it re-taped up. But how how heavily taped he was was makes me a little hesitant of his percentage of health at this point. If he plays, though, which he may, we'll keep monitoring throughout the week. Again, these running backs, on average, don't see a dip in fantasy production. I think this is a case where he would compared to his baseline. But his baseline is still enough that if he sees a 10, 20, 30% dip, he's still better than whoever else you have. Plus, just the fact that he catches the ball, targets are more, more profitable, if you will, than carries. You still have to start him in your, in your redraft and dynasty leagues. I would not touch him in daily, though. I'm not going anywhere near him. I mean, I've been a big advocate to sell Saquon Barkley, not just because he got hurt, but it was two or three weeks ago and I told you to sell him. And I'm still just not into, I mean, of course, if I have him, I'm going to play him, but it's just the Giants as a whole. Like they just continue to invent ways to do dumb things. Like give, giving the ball to Eric Gray last week, 12 times for a whopping 25 yards. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, not that Breed is much better, nine for 21, but this is just why Barkley still scares me. Barkley is exponentially better than these guys, of course. How much better with this ankle sprain, high ankle sprain wrapped up? I don't know. But, you know, if he does play this week, which, again, we don't really know, 
they're going to be playing. I mean, they're playing the Bills. They're going to be getting their asses kicked all game. Uh, they're going to have to throw, which could help him in the throwing game. But even this offensive line, man, they can't create gaps. What they draft three offensive linemen last year, they still can't do anything. They're just a mess. So, I mean, listen, if you have Barkley, you suck it up and play him. I'm just not expecting much. And I agree with you, Tom, sitting him for DFS. And one thing that was promising, we'll talk a little bit later about Darren Waller. At least he was finally involved. Tom, what did I say last week? He was taking like a four-week four, a four week nap or something like that. Whatever I said. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, he at least had a decent game, 11 targets. He was eight for 86. But again, the Giants, they're frustrating. And, you know, Barkley still does scare me to, to be a big producer this week and, and really for the rest of the season. How about Jameer Gibbs, Tommy? Hamstring. Um, listen, David Montgomery's been special, especially when Gibbs has been out. I think he's RB7, David Montgomery is, and he missed a game. I don't know if that's going to reign true when Gibbs is back, if he is back. But what do you think about Gibbs for this week, Tom? Well, we know he had that late injury that occurred in practice on Friday last week. Ultimately couldn't go. Not practicing today. We'll monitor, monitor him throughout the week. But let's think about how this type of injury could impact his playing style. So we know hamstrings impact the speed surge the most. That top end speed. It's a very powerful muscle. Very involved with that elite level speed like that top bit of your sprint which like Jameer Gibbs's elite speed you're talking exactly, about <laughs> exactly and it affects pass catchers more than running backs and guess what Jameer Gibbs is an elite pass catching back that they like to get running wheel routes and out in space like that so while on average hamstrings don't impact running backs fantasy production when they return which is interesting in itself Gibbs profiles as the type of running back that would take a hit on his fantasy production when returning from this kind of injury. Um, of course, the re-injury risk is there. We talk about that all the time. I think anybody who's ever played fantasy football at this point knows hamstring equals higher potential for another hamstring injury. But Gibbs is 21, so that makes him less likely to have a recurrence than someone who, like Mike Evans, who we'll talk about later. I, still... I, he hasn't shown enough even when he was healthy that if he plays with everything that we just talked about, about how this injury could impact his game, I recommend sitting him this week if possible. Give him at least another week to get ready. And then next week, we'll see where he's at. So after hearing that, my opinion's shifting a little bit. Um, you know, I was a little bit more excited, but now that you said, again, top end speed and affects pass catchers, like, and they're playing the Bucks this week. I mean, I talked about Montgomery a little already been awesome this year. Um, but the Bucks have been pretty stingy against the run. I think they're eighth or ninth in the NFL in points allowed. The Lions offense as a whole, they're hard to stop. I was more on the train where if you drafted Gibbs, you have to play him. I mean, he was going third round and my league even went in the second round. Like, I do think the breakout is coming. But, Tom, I do feel a little bit more deterred now that you said that. In his four games, listen, guys, I know that Gibbs has not produced like we all wanted him to so far yet, but I do believe the breakout's coming, and I looked at averages. The four games he has played, it's been eight points, 8.0, half-point PPR points he's averaged. I mean, that's not – it's not going to lose you a week. It's probably not going to win you a week at this point, but I don't know. I mean, I think if, if he's probably good enough for a flex play, so I differ with Tom a little bit there, but I am a little more nervous since you said it affects – you know, top end speed and guys, especially like him. I think eventually he's going to be someone that you can plug and play. Of course, I still believe in him. His talent is unbelievable, but I guess we kind of see uh, differently on this one, Tom. 
Next up, this is a tricky one. I mean, if you did draft James Conner this year, I you know, I feel bad for you, but I think you did it to yourself. I don't think he's ever played a full season, Tom. But now, going to miss at least four games on IR with a knee injury. What do you know about the specifics of the knee injury or what's going on with him? Well, they won't tell us much. All they're telling us is a knee injury and he's on the IR. Here's how I'm seeing it, though. If this was a major injury requiring surgery, we would probably know about it by now. Not an ACL, not a PCL, probably not even a meniscus that would need repair, although not all meniscuses need repair. Um, We're probably looking at some kind of sprain that is leading to swelling, stiffness, pain, and four weeks should be enough to get that under control. Of course, if we get more information, then uh, we'll, we'll roll with that. But at this time, I don't think that we need to be cutting James Conner. Let's just stash him on our IR, see what you can do to replace him for four weeks, and then we'll revisit this when he returns. But he's been playing really well, despite being on a terrible team, that he could still be effective in the fantasy playoffs. All right. It's uh, the running back... <laughs> Uh, situation out there, Tom is awful. Somebody in my friend group, I forget who it was. They're like, someone in the, they were like, yeah, I need a running back, guys. I'm looking to trade two wide receivers, and someone's like, you're trying to get a running back in this running back market. You're better off buying a new house right now at the rates. It's horrible. It's you, so there's, bad. there's no one out there. I'm looking here. I mean, I'm so desperate. One of my leagues, I have to play Bijan and Tyler Algier. Obviously, Bijan, I'm thrilled about, of course, but I almost had to play Algier. So I had like 60 bucks of my waiver money left and I threw it all on <laughs> no other than a guy who I have never even heard his name before last week. Amari DeMercado or DeMercado, Tom, the <laughs> the good old undrafted 24-year-old rookie at a TCU. He actually played five years and I looked into him a little bit before I just, you know, blew my 60 bucks on him. He was okay in college. He was never like the guy. Again, played for TCU back in 2021. There was Zach Evans there who's on the Rams now. Kendra Miller was there 2022. He was really outshadowed by Kendra Miller, who we know is good. And in college, the Mercado was okay. He was productive. He was good enough. And my fantasy take on him in the NFL is I think it'll be more of the same. I know that's not a bold prediction, but I think while Connor's down, I think he's going to be okay. Last week, he was in the absence of Connor 10 for 45 and a touchdown added a catch as well. So I do like him. Now, we do have to pivot, though, because the guy I liked in the beginning of the year on this team was Keontae Ingram. And he was a guy that I was stashing early on just in case something happened to Connor. He went out with, I think he has a concussion, which, you know, I think that he's just going through the protocol right now, I'm pretty sure. Um, Oh, no, it's a neck injury for Keontae Ingram. So he's 23 years old. Um, He was the six-round pick. But Ingram right now is actually ahead of, uh, Di Mercado on the depth chart. So it's something to keep an eye on. But Ingram, I think, was a little bit better in college, played at USC, had a really strong season in 2021. So I do think he's better. But the thing is, Ingram, like I said, is dealing with that injury right now. And Di Mercado came in last week and did a pretty admirable job in, in the absence of James uh, James Conner. So you know, it's, it's something that I think it's going to be Di Mercado now. And maybe if Ingram gets the opportunity, he outplays him. But I do think that both of them should definitely be rostered. And you could possibly look to Di Mercado to play this week if you're <laughs> desperate like me, Tom. All right. More bad news on the injury front, uh, Tom. Devon A-Chain, knee injury. This is one that I saw, like, nothing about. Where they, I, I don't know anything about this one. I saw multiple weeks, possibly. But what do you have for him? 
Very similar analysis to Connor where it's an unspecified knee injury, but he's been placed on the IR, won't return for four weeks. Uh, perhaps you could say a slightly better outlook than Connor simply just because he's younger, so it should heal faster. But bottom line is the teams aren't telling us the details of either of these guys' knee injuries, so it's hard to make a accurate analysis without speculating. But uh, they did say that they totally expect him back this year. So another one that you stash on your IR and he can be productive come playoff time for both of these guys, as well as um, we'll talk about Justin Jefferson later, you need to consider your current standings. If you need to win, you got to trade these guys. If you are five and oh, four and one, you got to trade for these guys. Always evaluate your situation. Tom, that's why you're the best because you're always, you're taking the individual situations and you're talking about them. It's great. And Again, just as we expected, because fantasy football is the most unpredictable thing of all time. The only healthy running back or the healthiest running back on the entire uh, Dolphins is the 31-year-old Raheem Mostert. And that guy, man, he's going off this year, man. He, I mean, this injury probably propels him until Jeff Wilson comes back, hopefully soon. He's going to be a top end. He's not just NRB1. He's going to be like a top four or five running back, man. He's been awesome in his opportunities this offense just anybody that starts for this team is just awesome immediately but jeff wilson is expected i think tommy's going to start practicing as early as next week he's a guy that should definitely be rostered at this point you could stash him on ir but listen if if you have any starting running back from this team there's even times you'll be able to play two you know you're going to be in really good shape so hold on to a chain unless you're desperate right now trade him but Mostert, man, that guy's going to be good in daily. He's going to be good. Obviously, really not dynasty since he's older. But my goodness, man, he is. I think he's RB two or three right now. He has had a special year, and this offense continues to cook, man. And Tua could be the MVP. We'll see how things go going forward here. This one hurts me, Tom, because I was so thin at running back, and then I lost uh, who hasn't been great, but I still lost Khalil Herbert. And it's a high ankle sprain. It says he should miss multiple weeks. It blew my mind. I don't know if you watched this game, Tom. Guy came back on the field. I don't know if you saw that. He got hurt, came back oh, on the field, it. collapsed behind the line of scrimmage. And I was like, yeah, he's back on the field. And then he fell. I'm like, yeah, I'm screwed. So what am I looking at, Tom, with Khalil, uh, Khalil Herbert? So, Joe, quiz for you. What did I say for both Eckler and Barkley is the problem with high ankle sprains? Uh, flexibility. and No, uh, uh, stability. Stability. Yes. Stability. We saw that. First hand with Khalil Herbert when he came back into the game, tried cutting off that ankle, went right to the ground because he didn't have the power to push off that ankle. Um, and the, the the mechanism of injury I watched, I was like, oh, that's a high ankle sprain, clear as day. Couldn't believe that he went back in. And sure enough, one play, he was like, nope, can't do it. And they had to run with their uh, the fullback the rest of the game because Roshan Johnson had a concussion. Yes, and Travis Homer was hurt too. Yeah, was, they were yeah. just getting Kari Blossing game or something is his name. I was like, who cool is name. this now? Cool name. <laughs> um, but again, running backs average missing 2.5 games, spectrum of zero to six. Does not sound like Herbert's on track to play this week. And um, they this is, again, like we talked about with Eckler. Eckler's had adequate time to heal. This is the type of injury that if you give them time to heal, they should be okay as long as that stability is able to be regained. Um, this team's not very good, so I don't 
I personally don't think they need to rush him back. I'm sure they still think they need to win, so they need to get their best players on the field. But hopefully they give him the time he needs to to recover so he can be effective again in a few weeks. And this Herbert injury to the naked eye, it looked really bad at first. His whole leg was snapped back. I mean, I'm almost grateful for him and for for everyone that it is just a high ankle sprain. But yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, listen, the Bears have been terrible, but they did finally have an offensive explosion last week. They've been really bad. If you had DJ Moore, shout out to you, although I know people with DJ Moore who lost. I know people with uh, Jamar Chase who lost. Fantasy is unpredictable, as we said. But in, did, were you in any of those situations where you played those guys? Let me tell you something. So I have DJ Moore on three teams. In um, So I work until 8 p.m. on Thursdays, right? And then usually there's 15, 20 minutes of wrapping up, which is not an excuse. But in my head all day long, I'm like, oh, cool. Like I've got DJ Moore in my lineup in three teams. So I'm watching the game and it's halftime and I'm like, hell yeah. I'm you were tweeting, you were tweeting about this. DJ I Moore's was. back. Don't yeah. tell me he was on your bench. Is that where this is going? So at halftime, I go to look at the score and I'm like, what the hell? Why does it say zero to zero? No, I should have like 30 points. What's going on? He was on my dang bench. Um, but I still ended up winning. And my opponent had Jamar Chase. So wow, what a turn of events. Yeah. So <laughs> Here's the thing. If if I would have put DJ Moore in, I would have put him in over Zach Moss. Um, well, that that's what it would have ended up being. Obviously, with okay. it being Thursday, I would have put more in the receiver slot. But ultimately, Moss is the one I would have taken out. So I still would have ended up with, I think, like 15 or 16 more points. But Moss obviously balled out, too. All right, so it could have been a lot worse there. That's it. Tom, you got to practice what you preach, man. You got to get out there and check your lineups. I don't care if you got to sneak into the bathroom for a few minutes, man. You always got to confirm. I check like 30 times before the games on Thursday. I'm scrolling through ESPN, and all I do on Thursdays is just look at like the day. I'm like, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Okay, that team's good. Sunday, up Thursday? Okay, am I playing this guy? You just always go by the days, but we're going to see here what's going on with the Bears. I mean, I liked Herbert going into the year, obviously hurt now, but – Roshan Johnson should be the easy beneficiary here. He's the guy I referred to someone else as a concussion before. He's the guy with a concussion, but he is, especially in this running back market, as discussed, if he's going to be able to go this week, I think you have to play him undoubtedly, right? They play against the Bears play the ailing one in four Vikings without JJ, who've led up, by the way, the 23 or the 23rd most points in the league this year. So the Bears have been bad, but if you can play Roshan Johnson this week, I like it a lot. Now, if he can't go, if Roshan Johnson can't go, I think that's where it gets tricky because the rest of their depth chart is just meh. You got Dante Foreman, who was okay. You know, what was it last year, Tom, on the Panthers? Where he, or yep. Was, yep. he tore it up a little bit. He was okay. You know, they have him. They have Travis Homer, maybe. I don't know how comfortable I'd be playing those guys unless you want to play. Again, this is a butcher job, Tom. Kari. Blessing game. You're you not know. playing him. Okay, I don't think you're playing him. I'm not playing him. I, not, like, I, not like he's Mike Allstott. If, if I see a roster that's starting that guy and Amari DiMercato, and imagine looking at that in the beginning of the season, like, oh, yeah, two RB1 and two. It's crazy. But if Roshan's good to go, I think you play him for, for sure. All right. More than halfway through here, Tom. Like we said, a lot of big injuries. So on to Mike Evans, who tweaked his hamstring. It almost seems like... As great as he's been, a phenomenal NFL career almost seems like the story of his life. Once or twice a year, there's a tweaked hamstring. But he was a DNP today, Tom, against or excuse me, after a bye week, which 
Doesn't sound too promising. What do you think about Mike Evans? Well, if we remember, they initially said it was a mild hamstring strain and that he would, and that was before he did an MRI. Then they never reported anything about the MRI, which to me tells me that it just confirmed that it was mild. I think we would have heard some noise if it was anything other than that. Still, I'm a little surprised he's not practicing today, especially after the bye week. Although let's let's remember, this guy doesn't need to practice. He's he's a savvy veteran. He's been doing this a long time. He doesn't need to practice. The concern here is that while he has had numerous mild soft tissue injuries that he's really played through and played well, he's getting older. He's 30. Healing's a little slower. He's a deep threat receiver, which is fits the profile of who would be affected by this type of injury. So there's, I'm not, not concerned, but I'm also not crazy concerned just because his track record has been so good. Uh, receivers do see a dip of about 12% fantasy production, 16% snap rate for Mike Evans. That's not enough to scare me off, but I would, I would say that he's probably less likely to meet his baseline but that doesn't mean he's likely to have a bad game. I still think you play him if he's in there. They play the Lions, who, by the way, at this point, have just become an elite run defense. They look excellent. Decent against the pass, but that is the way to beat them. 17th against the pass, third against the run. So if Mike Evans is able to go, you put him in there. Same probably goes for next guy, Tom. I'm on Ross St. Brown. It's still that abdomen injury. He missed last week. Dan Campbell says there's a good possibility that he plays this week. Do you agree with that? From what we hear, yeah. I mean, practice in a limited capacity today. I, I would like to get some clarity on what the abdominal injury is, like we talked about last week. With football players, there's two mo most common abdominal injuries, one being the sports hernia, not a great outlook. The other being an oblique injury, not a bad outlook. Like Jalen Waddle, Puka Nakua had that this year. So we we they're not telling us which it is, but with him returning to practice and very little concern from the coaching staff makes me think it's an oblique injury, but it doesn't totally clear a sports hernia from the equation. Um, but with the information we have and with how good he is, you start him, obviously. Guy's a stud. I mean, I'm not an injury expert like you are, Tom, and I'm not <laughs> that savvy with these types of things, but it just seems like something's been weighing him down this year. Regardless, he's he's an awesome NFL player, as we know. He hasn't, you know, maybe lived up to his potential, but never question the process, right? Just play your guys, play your studs. I know last week it might not have worked out with JT, but it doesn't matter if he's in, you play him. Side note here, guys, we are absolutely thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. Go see your favorite team and your fantasy stars in action. We've got a promo code for you with SeatGeek. It is Injury Fantasy. So go on SeatGeek, type in Injury Fantasy as your promo code. They will give you $20 off your purchase. That is SeatGeek. Tom, next up, one, two, three, four guys left, and still some major, major ones to talk about here. T. Higgins, he had that fractured rib and missed week five. What's it looking like for week six? Limited practice. Again, ribs are challenging. Fracture worse than just bruising. Like we saw DK and Debo deal with some bruising near the ribs this year and didn't miss any time. Fracture's worse because the fracture, depending on the site of it, has potential to impinge on the lung field, which is not good. But I, I believe that a training staff would not allow him to play if, if that was 
the if the location of the fracture was going to uh, put the lungs at risk. So it, it does become a pain tolerance thing. Again, the ribs are constantly moving, constantly getting pulled on by big, strong muscles like the lats, pecs, and obliques with football motions. So it's hard to play with this injury, not even mentioning getting hit. So if he, if Higgins does play this week, which he was limited in practice today, I very much expect him to be on a limited snap count. And with he's had one good game this season. I know Burrow finally looked good last week, but if Higgins plays this week, I think you do everything you can to avoid starting him. If you're completely desperate, sure, he's a star. He could find the end zone. But if you've got any other reasonable options, you go with them this week. Yeah, I mean, when he is healthy, he figures to, you know, go right back to that high-end wide receiver, too. I mean, if you want to try to look at a glass half full, you know, they do play Arizona this week, which actually could be good and bad. They've allowed the 26th most pass yards, and they have kind of scored enough points to keep themselves in the game to keep teams from throwing. But you mentioned limited snap count is a possibility and a probability, and then what if you know, the Bengals haven't blown anybody's doors off, but what happens if the Bengals do play well, the Cardinals don't play well, especially without Connor, and they don't have to really have their foot on the gas as much. So you could see, could, no guarantee, but you could see limited snap count in a game that the Bengals kind of slow things down, run, want to take clock. So I'm, I am with you, Tom. Special talent, T. Higgins, awesome player. I'm looking to pivot elsewhere unless I'm desperate. Next guy up, man, Justin Jefferson. It is, it's terrible. It sucks. I have a feeling that it's going to be more than four weeks. He's on the IR with a hamstring injury. I mean, for the first or second consensus pick this year, man, just awful news. But what can you tell us about JJ? Well, on the IR with the hamstring injury, we know these injuries impact receivers the most, especially ones with elite speed and route running skills like Jefferson. When he does return that, presence of a hamstring injury in season is going to put him at a five times more likelihood for a recurrence doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen though i mean he is young so that helps with healing and will reduce the likelihood of a recurrence but that recurrence rate is still there we already saw that with cooper cup this year um obviously the best player in fantasy football just about when he's healthy you want to keep him if you can but like we talked about before if you are in win now mode you gotta ship him out that's such a hard thing to do because you have to, if you're, if you have less, right. if you have two or less wins, you have to trade him right now. It's just so hard because other teams almost know that they have you like hamstringed and like, they can just take your, like, I don't know. It's a hard situation. That, Make sure you're getting, was that a pun there? Hamstringed. Oh my gosh. I, I did not intentionally do that. That was not in any type of script or notes. <laughs> I think it's just in the back of my mind. I'm thinking about it, but Tom, do you think Kirk Cousins has, or do you think, let's start with this first. Do you think JJ has played his last game as a Viking? Do you think they're going to no. look to move him? Or no, what no, about no, Kirk? So. There's small speculation out there. I'm just I'm just kind of uh, lighting the fire. I'm just stirring the pot here. Cause, you know, there's people saying trade Kirk Cousins, trade, like, just because they're so bad this year. I don't know what to think of the whole situation. Well, Cousins is in the last year of his deal. So, okay. it, it could behoove Minnesota to trade him to you just say behoove. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To, uh, a team that wants to contend this year. Um, the jets is obviously the one that comes to mind, but I think, I mean, trading a quarterback in season is not something we see very often. 
No. So while there certainly would be incentive due to the contract there, I mean, they could always just slap the franchise tag on him at the end of the year. Right. So I think it's a nice thing to talk about, but I don't know that functionally we'll see it happen. A lot of smoke, I think. A lot, a lot of smoke blowing going on there. And after such a great year last year, too, I just finished that Netflix quarterback series and Kirk. I mean, they had a lot of quote unquote lucky one possession wins, but it's just such a fall from grace from what they had last year. And with JJ out, we're hoping it's only four weeks. But listen, Jordan Addison, if you if you've kept him, which you should have, because you never drop rookies that are that good, like JSN right now, he should be on your roster. Quentin Johnston, he should be on your roster. I don't care how badly they're performing. You wait. And if you waited on Addison, I think he's going to be solid. You know, he's not going to be Justin Jefferson by any means. He's a different player. But I think he's a flex with some upside. Last week, six for 64 and a touchdown, nine targets. He's fast. He gets open. Hawkinson, I think, is going to be force-fed targets at this point. I think it keeps him absolutely firmly in that top four conversation for tight end. KJ Osborne is a name that's being thrown out there. I think I got some guys in my league who are, who are playing him or, or I'm playing against him. I think he's a, a low floor, high ceiling type of guy. He should get some targets. But the good news for the Vikings is they play the <laughs> the Bears this week, who are absolutely dreadful against the pass, 31st in yards allowed. You could probably get away with Osborne. I mean, I wouldn't be he's gonna it's gonna be Scott Hansen. I wouldn't be shocked first quarter. And KJ Osborne for 66 yards. And I'm like, eh, well, there's the high ceiling. But I do think there's a floor there. But if you're desperate, which a lot of us seem to be, especially with bye weeks, Tom. Osborne might not be the worst play. Another big one, Tom. Travis Kelsey plays tomorrow, or it depends when you're listening. Maybe today he plays on Thursday. Ankle and today on, or at least Tuesday, I saw he was limited. I'm not sure about today. What's up with Kelsey? He's looking like he's going to play. This is a type of injury that could impact the ability to cut side to side. That's you know, Travis Kelsey's great at that, but that's more likely to impact an agility player um, like a Tyreek Hill versus someone like Kelsey and tight ends see absolutely no hit in fantasy production when they return from an ankle sprain. But let's be honest, were you ever even thinking about sitting him anyway? No. No, I just play against him in my biggest league, so I was just hoping he wasn't playing for that. But uh, he's going to play, and he's going to score, and he's going to be doing – showboaty things and i'm not excited for tomorrow tom <laughs> do you have him anywhere kelsey yes i have him in one league uh but the question is is taylor gonna be there um i am so sick of hearing that it actually took me a minute i was like what are you talking about taylor, taylor. yeah i'm just scott hansen once again he was talking about it because that's all i watch on sundays but like enough is enough man but i am curious so, to see if she's there <laughs> something I, I saw this past weekend i think this was like Somehow AI generated, you know, I don't understand that stuff, but someone <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom, for you guys out there, doesn't even understand how like YouTube videos work for some reason. No I... idea. That's why, that's <laughs> why we've got our, our, our uh, awesome intern, Wyatt. We but, got a uh, tech guy over here, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so somebody made a, wrote a song of Taylor Swift's breakup song with Travis Kelsey, which obviously like she didn't write it cause it hasn't happened. But it's her voice, which is where I think the AI stuff comes in. Yeah. And it's like actually really clever because it's all about like, I saw you on the 50 and then you kissed me and like oh, it goes down the line and, and like something like, did I meet your mom too soon? 
it was Donna, very, is that her name? Donna yeah. Kelsey, always it up there. Yeah. Very clever. Very, very clever. I'll send it to you. Send it over to me and uh, we'll record our next video uh, with that going on in the background. Listen, Kelsey's is done. He's the best of all time. I know you guys don't want to hear this, but he has declined this year. Yes, there's been a couple injuries. He's got two one, two injuries, I think, this year so far. He's down in every category. So listen, I'm not I'm really genuinely not rooting for it because he's fun as hell to watch, but this could be the start of a decline again. I'm not rooting for things to happen. I'm really not, but we'll see. You know, I think Kelsey is is of course still a top two, if not three option or top one option. So you're playing Kelsey. What about the other tight end? So talk to talk to about him a little bit earlier, Darren Waller, but he popped up today. He wasn't even supposed to be on the show, but a groin injury. So after he does well, and we're going to take one step forward and hopefully not two steps back, but what's up with Waller here? Groin injury. Uh, groin is obviously on the inside of your, your hip. It is very involved in anything athletic on one leg, but being on the inside of your hip, it doesn't participate as much in change of direction in motion and in cutting because usually you push off with the outside leg, like push off with the right leg to go left. Groin's not going to do that so much, so... This, when I see groins, as long as it's not associated with a sports hernia, I'm concerned, but I'm not nearly as concerned as I would be with a hamstring or a calf or something like that. That said, recurrence rates as high as 18% in a guy like Waller, who's 30 or 31 and has a very, very long list of injuries in his past, that you know this injury recurring or getting worse is certainly in our mind, at least. Um, in a sample size, not huge, sample size of nine tight ends over the past five years with groin injuries, we see a dip of about 19% fantasy production, 16% snap rate in their first game back, which isn't nothing. Um, but in the tight end landscape, you still probably are going to roll with Waller, even if he is scoring about 20% below his baseline. Baseline, not incredibly high, but like we talked about last week's baseline or, or stat line was pretty solid. You know, he's not going to be a Kelsey. You might have another option out there, but I think you do still have to play Darren Waller. I mean, the Giants this week, they go to Buffalo. They might actually lose by 80, Tom. They're 14-point underdogs right now, and that just is not enough points. I mean... They are going to have to throw, so that could be good for Waller. Even if Daniel Jones doesn't play, Tyrod Taylor does like him, and, and backup quarterbacks typically pepper them. But I think the best call for the Giants this week would probably be to forfeit and just move on to whatever the heck week is after that. But uh, what do we got uh, otherwise, Tom? So that's the main players there. Is there anybody else that we're monitoring or just keeping an eye on this week? Two uh, two recent ads. Uh, Jordan Addison is actually dealing with an ankle injury, but he was able to practice today. Limited, probably not going to affect him. Chris Olave dealing with a toe injury again. Participated, limited. Um, when it comes to toes, we've talked about this on the show before. They can be a problem, but if they're mild grade one injuries, not such a problem. Terry McLaurin this year, he's not playing great, but it's not because of that toe injury. Calvin Ridley had one in the preseason and he's looked really good. He, he has so many points that he should have gotten for fantasy points that like a dropped touchdown barely out of the end zone in the touchdown. Like he's so taken many... down at the one yard line one time, like those types of things for this year. This guy yeah. could, if a, if like two or three plays went a different direction, he would have like 30 more fantasy points this year. Yep. Um, clearly not affected by the toe. 
So with Olave practicing, even though it's just limited, it tells me it's not a big deal. Also looking at Tank Dell, the concussion, and Daniel Jones with a neck injury. Um, Dell, we'll see. We know that concussions, the average return to sport is 16 days. So for some reason, it's been faster a lot of times in the past in the NFL. Um, but on average, it's 16 days. So I would not bank on him playing this week, but we'll keep an eye out. Daniel Jones dealing with a neck injury. Whenever it's neck, the the more severe injuries that we look for are a fracture or a disc injury. It does not sound like either of those are present. So this is likely just some stiffness, some soreness in the neck. And it sounds like he has a chance to play this week. I'm not sure if that makes you, as a Giants fan, makes you excited or not excited. Indifferent. I just don't care. I'm probably not going to spend much of my Sunday watching them. I will be on Red Zone and actually have a wedding this Sunday. So that will cut back on some of my stress. And if it doesn't, a Sunday wedding, Sunday wedding. And if it doesn't cut back on my stress, I will be at the bar for the duration of the wedding and uh, possibly taking off Monday. All right. Hopefully my principals are not (laughs) listening to this particular episode. (laughs) All right. No, I will be at work Monday, guys. All right. Tom, well done. That is the doctor of physical therapy, everybody. We are now on to our sleeper picks. We've got two segments left for you, sleeper picks, and we're also teaming up with our friends over at Sleeper. we got another promo code for you there, guys. It's not too late. They'll match up to $100 for you. Promo code there is FIT, F-I-T. You can use it right on the app. And the actual the, the interface of the app is really cool. I just started really going into it with all the multipliers and stuff. It's cool. It's a really cool thing to play around with. But go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit, that's F-I-T, for a $100 match. Tom, up to you this week. Would you like to go first or me? Because I've been cold. Yeah, I'll go first. All right. Well, do, you, do you want to recap last week first? Sure. So last week I missed. I took the CD Lamb over. Uh, I think it was 60 maybe. Only had 40. So I dropped to 3-2. and two. I started off real toasty 3-0. and oh. Lost uh, the Bijan touchdown in week four. Lost last week. Tom hits again. What's your, are you three and three two? Three and two as well, yep. All right, both three and two. Listen, that's profitable out here, baby. You had Christian Kirk. And I think that over hit in the first freaking quarter, Tom, right? Something like that. It was, yeah, it was it early. It did. Right. Stay and hot. I will. I will. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to take DJ Moore. I can't believe that it's set at 57 and a half. I'm going way over that. Are you going to leave him on your bench though, Tom? That's the no. only issue here. No, I'm going to start him this week. <laughs> He's got three games over 100 yards this season. Fields is really starting to heat up. The Vikings is who they play. Ninth worst pass defense, allowing 240 yards a game. But get this, though. DJ Moore is 531 yards. The Bears have 1,143 passing yards. DJ Moore has 46% of their passing yards. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Do you know? I know you're not a math teacher, Joe. You might have to call up a, a friend for this. Do you know what 46% of 240 is? 240 times what percent? 46? Yeah. 110. I just did it on my calculator. Wow, you're so smart. <laughs> yeah, 110 is, is quite a bit more than 57 and a half. So that is just locked in, going to happen. All right. I like that one a lot. And I'm going to take one too that I'm done overthinking these. I'm going to take one that stood out to me. That just almost seems too easy. And I don't care if it sounds like a trap. This, this one guys, I am back this week. This is the lock. It's TJ Hawkinson 
over 50 and a half receiving yards. All right. Now, usually his total hovers low 40s, mid 40s, and they've adjusted it since Justin Jefferson's not playing. They brought it up five, six yards to 50 and a half. That's not enough. Even with Justin Jefferson, with Justin Jefferson being out, not nearly enough. So his yearly average so far, TJ Hawkinson is crazy enough. 50.8. And the line is set at 50.5. So it's right there. But listen, JJ's not playing. He's averaged Justin Jefferson, that is 11.8 targets in his healthy games this year. So are those 11, 12 targets going to go to TJ Hawkinson? No. But is he going to probably get another two, three, four targets? I think absolutely. Last week, TJ Hawkinson caught five for 51. This week, they get Tom. We, we have dueling uh, picks here because they play the Bears this week. Bears just let Logan Thomas go for nine catches and 77 yards and a score. Give me a break. TJ Hawkinson is head over heels better than him. The Bears are 31st against the pass, 30th in points allowed. I, they don't have any other options. Jordan Addison, okay, fine. KJ Osborne, eh. Right, I think it's going to be the TJ show. And... The total set at 45 and a half, which I think is decent. They're going to move the ball. Love the TJ Hawkinson over 50 and a half this week. And Tom likes the DJ Moore over 50. What was it, Tom? 56? 57 and a half. All right. Fair enough. We are you know, on. We, we, we never take unders on this show because that's boring. Life's too short to take the under. Although I, I'm very tempted to take some unders. The worst thing in the entire world. Well, that's extremely dramatic. One of the worst things in the betting world is betting the under because it's just terrible. It's like it's like when you're watching a Thursday night game and your opponent has one player and you have no one. You just have to root for nothing to happen the whole time. And it's miserable. It's a miserable experience. Nobody wants to root for that. Like tomorrow I play against Kelsey. I have nobody. So again, uh, might need to hit a bar or another experience. All right, talking a lot about that today, but let's move on. Our last thing, Tom, it's the Vampire Diaries, and and we did it again, Tom. I don't know what's going on this year. I don't know what's in the water, what's in the air. We move in the Vampire League to 4-1. and one. My opponent, Jesse, took the uh, different road this week. He had Bijan and Lamb and sat them because I'm not allowed to steal players that are on the player's bench. That's so soft. He shouldn't be allowed to do that. No comment from me, um, but I won 131 to 103. Now, he actually would have lost even if he did play them, but whatever. It is what it is. I So actually, I lost Justin Jefferson, which sucks for a little while, but I was able to steal and needed a running back, so I took Raheem Mostert, who I think he's projected like 17 or something this week. So this week, Tom, need to get to 5-1. and one. I'll have a chance to steal either Tony Pollard or Stefan Diggs. We'll keep the party rolling. But Who, who would excited. you take? My wide receivers are JJ, who's hurt. I have Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Puka Nakua, Nico Collins. My running backs are not as strong. Kyron Williams, Zach Moss, and now Raheem Mostert. I think I would go Pollard. I think under my head, Pollard, I would take. But well, if- how about this? Why don't you put out a tweet from the Fantasy Injury Team account and let our followers decide? Wow. Okay, fine. Deal. Whatever gets more votes, I I promise I will steal that person. And if it's not going the way I want, I'm going to create 35 Twitter accounts. All right. There you go. Good show, Tom. Always a pleasure. And you guys out there, it's so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Please, guys, leave us a five-star review. Share with a friend. 
In the meantime, wish you good luck in week six, and we'll see you next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. 